and uh, we're grateful. Amen. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Amen. Now stand up. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Today, my message, or Christmas message for this month, uh, is just the simple thing we've sung about, uh, joy to the world. Joy to the world. Let me ask you, what is man's greatest need? What is man's greatest need? A lot of people have different ideas about what our greatest need really is. But let me let you know this. The greatest need for mankind is eternal life. That's our number one need. Eternal life. Because on earth we're just passing through. Some a hundred years. Some 70, some even 30, but we're just passing through. The real life is life after this life. It's the life on the other side. Eternal life. The life of God. We needed that. From the first sinners. That's Adam and Eve. From the first sinners. They were the first sinners. We are part of that group. From that very first day. Our greatest need has always been eternal life. To connect with the God that created us. As I believe that it was so painful to God. Where after man sinned and God had to turn them away from the garden that he planted himself. He planted that garden himself with a lot of joy in his heart. To give to his children. To make sure nothing was broken. Nothing was missing in the garden of Eden. Now, because of sin, eternal life was taken away from them. Everything that was good was taken away from them. And God had to turn his back. And you notice God didn't do it. He sent an angel to turn them away from the tree of life and let them walk out of the Garden of Eden. And from that time, regardless of where you live, the greatest need, even from the primitive people, To the very advanced, our greatest need is eternal life. There is something in us that wants to worship. Some will worship stone. They say, to the stone, oh God. They say, Jesus, that's just a stone. And then for some primitive people, yeah, the tree is is a God. They want to worship all over the world. People want to worship. They call it with different names, different religions. But what they are really looking for is a connection with God, eternal life. You will never find true joy in life without eternal life. Without a true connection with the Savior of the world. A true connection with God himself. On the day Jesus was born, eternal life was born. There was no eternal life until Jesus came into our world. His birth 
was the birth of salvation. Salvation means you're free from the power of sin. Now you have the privilege to live with God as a family member forever and ever. It's an amazing thing that we needed to be saved from something. Everyone needs salvation. We need to be saved. There is something that may be going on in your life now, right now, that you need a saving from. It's a problem. Something you cannot handle yourself. You've done everything. You've tried. But you can't handle it. For some, it's an addiction. For another, it's maybe in their marriage. Maybe a family, a son, a brother, whatever. There's something we're always in need of help from God. Something that we cannot do. But thank God, God himself came into our world. God entered into our world. That's an amazing thing. That God himself, the same God, became a man and really lived among us. God came to our world. That changed everything. I don't know if you know this, but the angels in heaven, they were so amazed at God coming into our world. They couldn't understand it. The Bible tells us they even want to look into this thing, understand it. How the same God that they have worshipped from eternity can step down from his throne and enter into our world. And he did so for our purpose. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. And in verse 14, he says, That same Word that was God became a man, took on flesh. God became a human being. And that changed the history of the world. When God came into our world, Everything changed. That's never happened before. That God will come into make himself like in the likeness of a created being. God took that form. Now, in First um, Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen, he tells us there in the King James, he says, "Without controversy." Without controversy, we don't argue about this. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. The same God. He was seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, and then he was received. But I'd like to read what it says in the Amplified Version. It says, and great and important and weighty, very weighty, we confess, we human beings, those that understand, Paul, we confess, is the hidden truth. Not everybody knows this. And that's why they, they, don't, they won't come to God. They don't realize that the Jesus you're talking about, there is no other God but Him. Jesus is God. And Paul is saying, this is a mystery, is hidden. Your eyes have to be open for you to recognize that Jesus himself, the Jesus you've been hearing about is God. I don't want to die to find out that that same Jesus was the God that created me. I want to make that decision here right now. Amen. And enjoy that decision before I get there. I want to enjoy it. I confess, it says, is the hidden truth 
the mystic secret. Only God can open your eyes to see. But I'm telling you, when God opens your eyes to recognize that this Jesus is God himself, you cannot help it, but you fall to your knees and you worship. And you say, I want you to take over my life. The God came into this world to take over my life. God, here I am. Take over. I can't help myself. It's a great mystery. Hidden from the world. But this is a mystery that started way back there from the foundations of the world. God knew one day his son would come, humble himself, and live like one of us, use the bathroom. God. Oh, yes. You don't think about that, but that's the truth. Clean up himself. Depend on a human being to take care of him. Think about it. How he humbled ourselves just for us. Just for us. So that we can make it. I'm grateful. Can I hear an amen? I thank God. Man, if, if God can do this for us, then even if I don't have the understanding, I know I really need saving. I need it. Because we don't know often. He knows better. And he so loved us. He's willing to do anything to pull us to himself. Why would I resist that? That's love. I cannot resist that. He tells us, great is that mystery of godliness. He, God, was made visible in human flesh. You could see God now. Before, in the Old Testament, you see him, you die. No man can see God. But God wanted to be with us. He so wanted to be with us. You can read in the Old Testament, he said to them, I want you to build me a tabernacle. I want to live among my people. That was Old Testament. And they couldn't really see him. But in the New Testament, he wanted to come to us in his person. And he knew if we saw him in his glory, we would die. So he took on flesh, just like us, to be among us. So he can experience the things that we experience. The Bible tells us that. He knows everything. He's been here. He's experienced everything. He knew the pain. And I can see in John chapter 9, uh, chapter 11, after when Jesus was going to raise Lazarus, and Jesus was weeping. And I've thought to myself, why is he weeping? He's going to raise the man from the dead. Why is he weeping? The dead wasn't his problem. The pain that we go through in life, that was the problem. That, why, that was why he wept. And the Bible said he wept bitterly. He was weeping so loudly. And the men, even those who didn't like him, said, look, look at, look at this man. He opened the eyes of the blind. He could have stopped the man from dying. How he loved him, they said. He, couldn't this man who opened the eyes of the blind cause that this man should not die? But Jesus knew he was going to raise him up from the dead. That wasn't the issue. He was already walking to the grave. But his love for us and what we have to deal with, the sorrows, the pain. The uncertainties, the depressions, and all of that. They were weighing on him. And he wept for us. Love came down for us. Today, 
we can turn our life. There's no holding back. I'm turning everything to him. There's no need to hold back. Life is so short. And you can't really have true joy without him. You will never know the reason for joy without him. You can never know it. Joy to the world. He was seen of angels. I'm sure the angels were looking down. Can't believe this. Can't believe this. He's, pre- he's down there. Living among them. Sinners. And enjoying it. Amen. Enjoying it. Willing to bear our sorrows. Willing to go through our pain. Seen of angels. He was preached among the nations. Believed on in the world. And he was taken up into glory. That's the God we are talking about. His birth. Is the joy of mankind. You can read the Christmas story. The Bible talks about and I'm going to read it here from Luke chapter 2. Beginning from verse 8 to 12. Where the, the, the shepherds. It says in verse 8. Now they were in the same country. That's the same region where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, close by. Shepherds living out in the fields. They, were, they camped out in the fields, uh, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, look, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Not joy, of great joy. Which will be to all people. Americans, Indians, Caribbeans, all people. Every single family. It's great joy, not just joy, joy to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So there is born to you a Savior. I would think, I thought they were born to Mary and Joseph. Right? I can't come to your home and carry your babies if this is born to me. You won't like that. But this Savior was born to you. Hello? He was born to you. Not to Mary. Not to Joseph. He was born as Savior to you. God gave him to you. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only son. He wasn't born to Mary. Yes, for sure. Physically, yes to Mary. But spiritually, the way God sees it, Jesus was born to you. You're taking care of your baby? Excuse me. (laughs) You're paying attention to your baby? How have you been treating the Savior that was born to you? He was born to be your savior. To save you for whatever you need saving from. 
He was given to you with all the powers of heaven to help us to be our Savior. You know, the Bible talks about the shepherd. They were washing over their flock by night. The flock, they, the flock could sleep and have rest. They don't have to worry about trouble. They know shepherd is around. Amen? Jesus is that good shepherd. I'm glad because God introduced this first to the shepherds. Jesus is that good shepherd. And the shepherds will take care of his sheep. They never lack. The shepherds will take care of them. They don't have to worry about danger. Shepherd is there. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because the Lord is my shepherd. He's with me. He's with me. God has given us that Savior. Whenever I need saving, I call on the Savior. Amen. Every time I need saving in my life, no matter what's going on, I can always reach out and call upon the Savior. He was born to me. He was born to you. Say it with me. He was born to me. He's mine. The reason why he's not active in my life is because I have not accepted him as the one that's born to me. When you accept him, hey, that's mine. He will save anything that needs saving in your, your life and in your home. And in your life, your marriage, your finances, whatever it is that you need saving from. He is there for us. He's your personal property, if you want me to use that word. God gave him to us. It's a gift from God. Amen? A gift from God to us. This us to rejoice. It is for all people. When God spoke to, uh, to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, he says, I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. God said that. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Tell me one person who is not from a family here. Put your hand up if you are not from a family. We'll ask, we have an alien here. <laughs> Get out of here. Everyone is from a family, right? But this is God's word. Every family on the earth will be blessed. Angela, thank you, Jesus. We got this family, this blessing coming to our family. We have it in our home, amen? Jesus is ours. He's part of the family. He's a family member. He's called the Savior. And you can receive him. This is where there is joy. Look at what the angel said to him, to these shepherds in Luke chapter 12, beginning from, I mean chapter 2, beginning from verse 13 and 14. Uh, 13 and 14. He says, and suddenly, after they have spoken to them, suddenly there was with the angel, the angel that announced it, I'm thinking it's going to be the one that usually was going around this time was Gabriel. <laughs> He's been all over the place. He's to Mary, to Joseph. He's just talking to Zachariah. He's been all over. But he announced the birth of Jesus to them. And after he announced it, notice when they saw 
the angel, they were afraid because there was that the glory of the Lord. So why were they afraid? They were afraid they were going to die. Because in the Old Testament, they say, if you see God, you'll die. These guys had never seen anything like this, okay? All of a sudden, some being just appears. And then there is this glory. Say, oh, wow, we're seeing God. We're about to die. And the angel says, no, 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 I bring you good news. Good news. Good news. And then after the angel finished, the good news needs to be expressed. Amen? What good news are you talking about? And so God didn't allow that one angel to announce the good news. God allowed a multitude of angels. Now, as they sang, they were worshiping God. You know why the, the angels all came from heaven? The king is on the earth. Amen? The king was right here. Born and in the manger. So one angel and then multitudes of angels. And then they, they, won't, they didn't just announce it. They sang and worshipped God with this good news. Look at what it says. And suddenly there was with that angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying. What were they saying? That's the blessing. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill towards every human being. So right now, if I ask you, how good is God's will for you? Tell me, it's very good. Amen? It's very good. Goodwill towards everyone. I have to hold on to this. And the angels sang it, they were excited about it. God told us in his word, I know my thoughts towards you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts of peace. Notice, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill. We put those two. Not thoughts of evil. But of peace. Goodwill. No matter what's been happening in your life, I want you, just like Angela said this morning, refuse to speak those things and begin to speak what God, the truth, what God said about you. God's will for your life is good. Amen. So when evil comes, <laughs> uh, you are a foreigner. I got goodwill from God. My, the will of God for your life is good. So let's rejoice over that goodwill from our God. Glory to God. We worship God in the highest, but on earth, no matter what you've done, no matter how badly you've lived, God's word can never be reversed. His good will over your life still there. Read the will, amen, and act on it. The good will is right here. God means well for you. And you know, recently I've been sharing and on, on Wednesday night how Daniel found in the scripture, Daniel chapter 9 verse 2, he said, I understood through books and from the sayings of Jeremiah the prophet that God had promised and said, if we are taken into captivity, they'll take you into captivity for only 70 years. And after 70 years, God said through Jeremiah, I'll bring you back. And then he said, I set my heart to seek God for that scripture. 
It's over 70 years now. You're taking us back. And guess what God did? He did exactly that. So when I see in my life something that's happening that's not goodwill, so I have found goodwill from the word of God. Amen? Now I go to God and say, God, did you see this? He says goodwill. And in that situation, when I got married, I, was, I saw that scripture. Uh, he says, if you find, what did he say? Somebody quoted. He who finds a wife, finds a good thing, and obtains. Exactly. So I got myself into the business of finding a wife. Hello. <laughs> this is good. He who finds a wife, finds a good thing. So the wife is a good thing. Not he who finds a woman, a wife, okay? A good thing. So after I found the wife, so went back to God and said, Now, what is this good, <laughs> the, 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 the favor of things, you know? I need that part now. I've done my part. We need this favor part. Amen. And I think he has answered. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I got favor. I got blessed kids. And I'm having fun in life. Amen. Because I found favor. He who finds the wife finds the good thing and obtains favor. Daniel said, I read through books. I understood through, book, through books, the word of God. And I sought God. And God answered. God said, when you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. You'll find me. All I have to do is obey. I find you, God. I don't know if it's all of my heart, but I'm telling you, the way I feel is all of my heart right now. <laughs> okay? It's all of my heart. Would you do this? And if there is a part of my heart that is not in there, I'm saying to your heart, it's all of us right now. We're going. We're seeking God. Amen? So we find that goodwill towards man. That's what the scripture says. And that's God's will for us. What must we do with the word? Notice what it says in Luke chapter 2, beginning from verse 15. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. We have to see it. I have to verify it. I see it in the Word of God. I want to test it. I can just say, oh, how nice. We saw angel. The angel said, the baby is there. You see the sign? The baby is there in a manger. And they said, they said to themselves, we got to go check this thing out. Many people hear the Word of God and they don't check it out. They don't even do anything about it. They are like what the Bible, James says, they are forgetful hearers. They hear the word. They don't verify. They don't even question. They don't ask God. If this is true, God, what are you going to do? Gideon was not that kind of a man. When the angel greeted the man of valor, he says, well, if I'm a man of valor, why do you have all of this stuff then? God said, I like that spirit. I'm going to use you. You can't be quiet. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violent ones take it by force. How? You find that scripture and then you go to God and say, look, this is what it says. 
you devil, I'm not accepting this thing anymore. God, you got to come in. That's how we get our prayers answered. You got to fight up with it. They said, we are going to go verify this thing. And they came with haste. Notice, if you will find God, you have to go with all of your heart. There was no star in this case. Like with the uh, wise men. They didn't know exactly where that baby was. The only thing that was given to them, you'll find that baby in the manger with swaddling clothes, right? That was all. So I'm sure they went all over Bethlehem. Hey, you have any baby here? Oh yeah. Is he in a manger? No, that's not the house. Well, the next house. You got any baby here? No. Oh, let's go to the next one. And yes, there is a baby here. And it's in a manger. You have to seek. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. If you ask, God will give to you. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, to him the door will be open. God cannot lie. They went to verify it. And I need to verify. You know, this is an amazing thing. I think of it, you know, scientists. Have you ever noticed that science will never investigate whether or not Jesus rose from the dead? Have you heard them talk about it? They ignore it. They will never invest. You will never, as far as I know, I've been in this thing just listening. I've never heard them investigating to find out or through archaeological studies or whatever to really find out if Jesus rose from the dead. They don't do that. You know why? Because if you do it, you're going to heaven. You will find out that is the truth. You can't explain it. You are going to heaven. Because he rose. So Satan doesn't want them going there. They'll go to Mars. But right, the thing that happened, they're not, not going to check it out. Jesus is God. He came to our world. And he died. And you need to search that out. And find it for yourself. If you find it, when they saw him, they recognized that the angels told them the truth. They verified it. And I'm telling you, you can actually search for him and you will find him. You will. If your heart's not in it, you won't do anything about it. And the way it is, according to the word of God, then you are not blessed. Because if you're blessed, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. So we need to seek for him. Now, they found him when they saw him. They left that's the first thing. Search, verify. Make sure what you heard is true. Test it. God said to try me, right? Test it. Until you test it, you will never know. Try it. If you don't think there is a God, ask him. God, if you are there, show me somehow. I believe he'll, do. he'll answer. He'll take you up. If you really mean it in your heart, God will show himself. But if you really don't care, he won't bother with you. They verified, they saw the child, and it says, now when they had seen him, you can't see Jesus and be the same person. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now notice, 
you verify, but after you've known what God has done, you need to tell it. The world needs to know. Nobody told them to preach the gospel. But they went everywhere telling everybody, the Messiah is here. We saw him. He's in a manger right there. And everyone was wondering. We saw angels. We saw they spoke to us. They were testifying. Every time God touches a person's life, your mouth is going to open. You are going to say something. If you are not saying something, you don't believe anything. That's according to the scriptures. We have to search for him with all of our heart and you'll find him. Finally, there was a man that was moved by the Holy Spirit and God had told him, Simeon, God had told him, you won't die. You won't die until your eyes have seen the Savior himself. He didn't know when. And he stayed and waited. But on the day, this was about 40 days after Jesus had been born, because after a woman is born, uh, gives birth to a male child, in their tradition in the Old Testament, she is considered defiled and cannot go into the temple until after 40 days. That's the days of her purification. So even Mary, giving birth to Jesus, was considered defiled, and she had to wait for 40 days to go. And Simeon, on that same day that Jesus was to show up at the uh, temple, God moved Simeon. Your day has come to be translated. And he came and handled Jesus, got Jesus from the mother. He says, now you can let your servant depart because my eyes have seen the Savior. Today, the Savior is here with us. Would you open your eyes and see him? What do you need saving from? Is there something in your life that you need the Savior to help you with? God wants to do that this morning. Bow your heads with me this morning. There is no better time in the year to give everything to Christ than this season if we're remembering here his birth, his coming into our world. He may have come into our world, but has he come into your world? Have you allowed him to be born into your world? Would you give him room in your world? Is there an in there for him to come, to be born into your world? If you're here this morning and have not made a true commitment, some have made some form of commitment, but not heartfelt commitment, but you're saying, I want to serve God, I want to know God, I want to know Jesus. You're here this morning and you want to make that commitment. At the count of three, you're hearing my voice. God's calling you. Son, daughter, come home. Give, make room for me in your life. You're here this morning and you need Jesus to be that to you. Would you raise your hand at the count of three? One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you, sir. I saw that hand. Thank you, ma'am. I saw, saw that hand. Thank you. Thank you for your sincerity before God today. Now open your eyes and uh, please turn. Angela, you have that. Uh, I need you to do something for me. There is a card, a connection card. My wife introduced that to you. There's a portion of it 
that says, um, my decision today, if you raise your hand, I want to let you know that heaven saw that. And believe me, it's been recorded in heaven that this is what you did. And God has noticed you and he's saying, that's my child. What I need you to do, let the devil also know your decision. The church, everyone who wants to know. By checking this out, my decision today, and check what you did before God and before his people today. And when we're taking the offering, put it in the offering bucket. And uh, also your prayer request, we'd like to pray over those and put them in your offering bucket. Now, can we just say a word of prayer? Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, with all of my heart, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins, that you were buried, and that you rose again, and that today you are seated by the Father in heaven. Lord Jesus, be the Lord of my life from this day forth and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's put our hands together and give him a clap offering. It's important. It's time for our offering. And do we have uh, a song for some dancing? No? Hey, you're going to make me have withdrawal symptoms sometimes. I dance that kid. <laughs> I want to dance. Okay. I have a scripture here. Please, uh, 